1: Betches Media presents Chrissy
2: Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy ass bitch.
0: Look,
1: he's a sick puppy. He, he
3: shouldn't be. He shouldn't be there.
2: Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going
1: to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Sub Podcast.
0: A speaker has not been elected.
1: Hello, this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duperman, the news director at Betches.
3: I'm Elise Morales, a comedian and sub-newsletter writer. And
1: I'm Millie Tamaris, comedian and sub-video contributor. Millie, I can already tell you were were doing the work at (laughs) Beyoncé last night. (laughs) Yes, oh my God. What a show. And fucking, what time did you get home?
4: Oh God, like almost, (laughs) like like 2. Yeah. It's just because, 2.15, 2.30, just because, you know, it was the train, to another train yeah to a uber that
1: didn't come you know what i mean from penn station i think that's like the lowest you can be is at like two in the morning at penn station <laughs> trying yeah. to get back to where you live it's always it's 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 tough <laughs> well this guy <clears throat> this group of homosexual men
4: yeah. come up to us and they're like um uh did you guys just come from the beyonce concert and i'm like yeah, I hope so. I'm wearing like a unitard in pen, like in the Madison yeah. Square Garden area at two in the morning
1: on a Sunday. Like, I would hope I'm not coming from church or something. It was quite a scene. It was quite a scene. Um, at two a.m., it was also really hard to like keep track of your friends at this show because everybody was kind of wearing iterations of the same ama- amazing thing. But yeah, I have I have been to a lot of Beyonce concerts. I think mm-hmm. you have too, Millie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she could get better. It was just, it was, it it might've been my favorite one I've ever been to.
4: Yeah. It, it was, I'm just like, wow. Like this is a pop star. It's just, you know, there's a lot happening right now. And it's like, it's just good to be like, oh yeah, she's famous for a reason. And also like, Yeah. When people are at the top of their art and like the set design and the dancers, it's just incredible. Like, it's like, oh yeah, this is a show. She's famous for a reason. The outfits are great. I was just thinking of, and I think I talked about this um, on Soft Black Mm Women, but like as society, especially like millennials and Gen Z, we've all like decided... That we don't care about dressing up for work. We're not wearing business casual. Yeah. And like before, like, you know, you used to dress up to go to the airport and to go on flights. And like, we've decided no. But like, if you Mm -hmm. go to a concert, there's a strict dress code that's like unofficial, but official. And like, every single, like, Harry Styles has his own dress code. Taylor Swift has her own dress code. Bad Bunny, like, Beyonce. So definitely like, and there's certain colors and certain things. So it's always fun to see, like, how people follow the dress code and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of funny how we've evolved into not dressing up for our everyday life, but really dressing up for like these
1: yeah. crazy occasions. That is really interesting. And yeah, I was, I feel like this summer, like between Barbie, the Eras Tour and the Renaissance Tour, it has really been like the girls and the gays want to get Dressed up. Not for work. Not for work. Not for work. But but for but for a a three and a half hour concert. Yes. Or a movie. Or a movie. Or a movie. Exactly. Well it
3: does. It reminds me of like kind of the thing that I feel like people talk about a lot with regard to like millennials and Gen Z too, which is that like we're more about spending money on experience experiences mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. the like other traditional signifiers of like wealth like it's more mm-hmm. about traveling it's more about going to the concert and dressing up and having a fun outfit and taking for the, the concert pictures and taking the pictures and doing all of that stuff which is just like it's interesting because I keep seeing these articles about how like Eras tour and Renaissance and Barbie and all these things are like reinvigorating the economy mm-hmm. crazy. Of, yeah. Like, which is crazy. Like women are so powerful. anywhere that these concerts go, the, that city gets like a huge boost or like just in general, the amount of people who went to see Barbie, like boosted the economy. And it's just funny to compare that to like all the articles that were like, millennials are killing this industry and they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's like, we just spend right. our money on different stuff. Uh, well, yeah, let
1: me no. Tell uh, you, we disco, got an outfit on Amazon. Yeah. The disco cowboy hat industry
4: yes. has been reinvigorated. I walked up to the New Jersey Transit, um, <laughs> like to buy a ticket. I walked up to the agent and he's like, uh, "What station are you headed to?" And I'm like, "Where <laughs> does on. it look like?" And he's like, "Okay, two <laughs> okay. to two to Meadowlands. I got you." Like. Yeah, but it's true. Even like, but you know, even what people have been doing now too, I'm sure people are doing this with eras, but I know like Beyonce specifically because she started the tour in Europe, people were litter and also like Europe cares about their consumers. So they, Mm -hmm. their tickets are cheaper. (laughs) Um, like, the concert tickets. Mm -hmm. So people have been going to, like, Stockholm and Mm -hmm. Prague and Paris to go see Beyoncé. And, like, yeah, like, how can it not reinvigorate an economy of, like, having all these people stay and make a weekend of it and a whole trip, like...
3: Yeah. I think it's also, like, the public transportation Mm -hmm. gets a boost in that city because so many people are taking it to get to the show and back and stuff. So it's, like, it has, like, huge ripple effects yeah. when these big events come around and like go to different places.
1: We were we were looking last night after we left at like who has had the biggest audience at um MetLife. Do you want to guess who it is? <laughs> is it Taylor Swift? No. It's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> interesting but the reason is because this is interesting and this is very like emblematic of that picture of him and Beyonce where he's like wearing like he's his schlubby self and she's like dressed to the nines so the stage like for instance for Beyonce and we, we will move on to the very light news soon I promise her stage and her visuals take up so much yeah, room that's what I was that, like say. a really good part of the Arena is not filled because just, like, you of can't it, yeah. at least you can't fill you can't put people there. He is on stage with a guitar. He doesn't need all that shit. So there was just like more seats to fill with him. That so makes he sense. got like an incredible amount of people uh, <laughs> to new to New Jersey. Yeah, but you know what? Like
4: I want to see a queer person do a. It was so queer. It was knees. amazing. And yeah. Blue Ivy. I lost Blue my mind. Ivy did, I thought Blue Ivy because I saw some TikToks and I thought Blue Ivy was going to do, oh, like an eight count. She did like eight. Dan- like eight yeah. songs, she did all the choreography. Wow. She took off her her jacket, and it said New York on it. And then she did like a heart with her two hands right before Partition, which is a song about Beyonce giving Jay Z a blowjob in the back of a car. She's like, "Everyone say bye to Blue Ivy, bye. right?" And then
1: it's like, "Now, same Partition with <laughs> yeah. Partition with yeah,
4: yeah." Now let's talk
3: about how Blue Ivy came to be. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> know. She's My what <laughs> to click is that. Millie, I don't think our crowd was great. Was your section good? Ours was, Uh. it was not what she deserved. I feel like places like New York, and I mean, there are really rich people everywhere, but like you were close enough. though, right? We, we were pretty close, yeah. But there's too many people that can just like afford to buy an expensive yeah. that aren't mega fans versus like some people in the pit like they've been saving; it's their everything. So like I don't know. There were some moments where I was like, "Why isn't our whole section dancing?" People were like sitting down. I was like, "Are you just like MetLife ticket holders?
2: What are you yeah, doing?" Yeah, I think
4: that's just the reality of yeah. like because I was in the 200s and it was crazy. Really? I'm Really, sure the higher you go, oh. the more crazy it yeah. gets. But it's like, yeah, I think that people also because it's the experience economy yeah it is uh, there are people who are like oh everyone's gonna go see beyonce i'm gonna see beyonce too like i just don't understand that like spending the money and being there and not knowing any of the songs and like doing all that effort to like, right. Just be, it's weird. But yeah, um, Oprah and Gail were there, yes! which was great. <laughs> so you hear like this huge crowd, like, ah! and then I was like, Oh my God, who is it? Who is it? Cause Greta Gerwig was on the s- Saturday one with America Fiera. Mm. But then you hear this huge crowd like thing before the concert starts. And it was Oprah and Gail walking by. Uh,
1: that <laughs> is amazing. that and that and America and Greta at the re- Renaissance tour in New York City is just like peak summer 2023 and speaking of barbie we have all now seen it so we're gonna do a little review and discussion at the end of the show in case you have not seen it yet or you're just like i'm i'm i've heard enough with barbie yeah. i know there's been quite a lot of discourse but figure we probably have listeners that are curious for us to like get into a little more depth because uh i have thoughts and want to unpack mm-hmm. them
4: yeah amanda's like i watch it now so we should
1: talk about it <laughs> 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 you can't spoil it for me Okay, we will start with today's number very briefly. Again, news is pretty light. So today's number is eight for no other reason than we are entering the eighth month of the year. It is about to be August 2023, which means it's almost 2024. For me, I'm curious about you guys. For me, the most like sobering symbol of the passage of time is the welcome to class of signs downtown when it's yeah. like class well nyu class of 2052 and i'm like christ almighty we're tw- getting yeah, so like, so young am i gonna be alive yeah like that <laughs> is so crazy no it would be class
4: of 20 yeah uh tw- we Seven? Math. Girls 2027 Girls in STEM, can I tell you something about STEM? Please. This is like a little anecdote because, again, it is a light news day. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like talking to th- people love just theorizing about which uh, which lawmakers might be aliens. So mm-hmm. light news weeks are good for us.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. I did get a, a lot of great response from yeah. that entire Oh discussion. yeah, What, what were the,
4: some of the best guesses before I go into my tangent of why I don't know nothing about STEM? What were the guesses for politicians who are, are aliens?
1: Oh, people just said they enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I didn't get okay. any. I didn't get any people any, that made cause, cause suggestions. They Romney. said that we nailed it. Yeah, it's Mitt yeah, Romney. Yeah, Mitt yeah. Romney yeah. somebody milk. said Rick Scott, which is a great one. Like, Ooh, you, that is a good one. That physical, is a good one. physicality alone. Yeah. Yes, and then add everything else. I I thought that was a great one. But why? Uh, <laughs> yes. Why aren't you good at stem Millie? <laughs> okay, because this
4: guy, I was okay. I was chatting with this guy from Hinge, and we're texting. And then he's a bartender, so he's like, "I'm still pretty sleepy." And he sends me a selfie of him in bed. First of all, the pillow disgusting, Ugh. disgusting pillow. Ugh.
1: Did it have a case on it?
4: No. <laughs> so you already know. Yeah. Like those videos on TikTok of like um, stripping my boyfriend's pillow, like it needed no. that. I'm just like, what? Well, but then there was a, a pack of cups, like with a brand on it. And I'm like, you sleep with cups on the bed? And he's like, no, I'm sleeping on the floor. Cause my dog destroyed my mattress. And I'm like, but why are you sleeping next to cups? And he said, Oh, I have those for my invertebrate that I raise. And I'm like invertebrate. You mean like snakes? And he's like, no, I mean like centipedes Ooh. and gro- no. <laughs> oh. But then I, but then, that is dating in New York. That is dating in New York. And you know what? He's still kind of high. He does look like Roy <laughs> Kemp from Ted Lasso. So I'm, I'm still considering it. And that is my toxic mm-hmm. trait. But I'm also <laughs> me and my friend got like in this whole dis- is like invertebrate and versus vertebrate. And I'm like, wow! I did not retain anything from biology because snakes are not invertebrate. They are—they do have a backbone.
1: They do have a backbone,
4: and I didn't know that.
1: Okay, I've and definitely used women in STEM. Yeah, I've definitely used the metaphor wrong, where I've been like, Kevin McCarthy has the backbone of a snake. <laughs>
4: well, they're fucking vertebrae, apparently. Yeah, because vertebrae.
1: Yeah, well, snakes—they are. All right, let's move on to <laughs> the main, the main news. We have some very quick updates from Indictment Watch. Still, So the grand jury and one of Trump's election interference cases met on Thursday of last week, and they were widely expected to issue an indictment by week's end. They did not. Uh, So while Jack Smith didn't drop a new indictment yet, he did release a fun little remix of the classified documents charges. So remember that the original document charged Trump with violating the Espionage Act by illegally holding on to 31 classified documents containing national defense information after he left office. I think he had even more of that, but 31 is like what they could make a pretty strong case about. And that's even like more than people are expecting. And so in terms of the new indictment called a superseding indictment, there are two main things to note here. The revised indictment added three pretty serious charges against Trump, which included attempting to alter, destroy, mutilate, or conceal evidence. So we know he likes to obstruct Justice. It also included a new count under the Espionage Act. And this is related to the uh, classified national security document that we we all have heard of now that he just showed randomly to visitors at his golf club in New Jersey while they were talking about Ma- uh, Mark Meadows' book. And he was just like, this is this is the one that relates to the recording where he just openly admits to knowing that the document is classified and that uh, he didn't declassify it before leaving office. And they're just like, oh, oops, we're going to stop talking now. This was the hypothetical <laughs> war plan with Iran. The indictment also adds a new defendant, run through this quickly, it is Carlos de De Oliveira and he is the property manager at Mar-a-Lago. So I guess at a certain point the government subpoenaed the surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago because they figured correctly that it showed Walt, Walt Nada, Trump's aide who's also been charged, moving boxes of documents and around that time Trump and D Oliveira spoke on the phone and shortly after D Oliveira was like scoping out the surveillance footage and having private conversations with the person who oversaw the surveillance technology in which the property manager said at the boss aka Trump wanted the footage deleted so he was added to the obstruction and conspiracy charges because he seemed to sort of obey Trump's command to find a way to get rid of the, fo- the footage showing them moving things after they'd been asked to return it and then of of deleting. <laughs> it's just like a, it just like gets deeper and deeper into the same um, obstruction tactic. So this guy arrived to Miami court this morning and he paid a $100,000 bond, but he wasn't arraigned because he didn't have a lawyer who was able to practice in Florida. Neither did Walt Nauda Apparently, Trump has like, you know, as this was going on, Trump aides like promised these would help, you know, these guys get lawyers. Um, They don't have them yet. But I also heard that's like a tactic where it's like, you can just be like, oh, oops, my lawyer can't practice here. I guess you can't arraign me today. Um, But certainly, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel great about my future if I was either of these gentlemen.
4: Well, for the Donald people in Trump. And ca- the Versailles Cafe are still waiting for Trump to pay for their lunch. <laughs> and Tiffany Trump is still waiting. Like, let's, you know what I mean? You can Tiffany shit in Trump one needs hand. that student loan relief. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I Tiffany know. Trump's waiting for her dad to come through. Like, this motherfucker ain't coming. Um, also, I'm sure no lawyer in Florida, it, I mean, they're too busy, like, suing abortion bans. They got a lot of shit to do. You know what I mean? In Florida, lawyers, they don't want to touch this with a 39 and a half foot pole. (laughs) And also, this is what I'll say. De aloe vera, men of color, stay away from Trump. Do not work for Trump. You will Mm -hmm. get arrested. He doesn't care about you. Don't just listen to your boss, especially if that boss is Trump. Look at Giuliani. Look at Walt Nolta. Doug do not work for this man where's the glass door reviews right
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know Millie. you might have yeah. to write them i'm going to write glass no but nobody's bothered creating me. an account so we'll be continuing to be on indictment watch i feel like do you guys think the public is getting a little um Weird, not. I don't know. I just feel like it's midsummer. This is going to be the third and fourth indictments. Like I'm like, great, it's all happening. But if I were a normal consumer, I would be sort of a little like, okay, we get. Uh, There might be some indictment fatigue coming, but I think once the trials start, the intrigue will come back.
3: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Is I just think as of right now, it's like it. It's all the little things that lead up to a trial. Like I don't think your average American cares that the Trump property manager the mar-a-lago property manager is getting arraigned tomorrow etc i think people tune in for the big ticket item so it's like him showing up that very first time at the new york courtroom yeah i feel like even him going to the one in miami was not as big of a deal because it's like we've seen it before which is the thing that you have to like combat with all the Trump stuff is it's just like totally. fatigue oh, like over how crazy that, that every day is unprecedented. Every new thing is something that's never happened before. So it's like people really only tune in for like the big, big moments when he's appearing in court depending on what he's appearing for. So like when this trial actually begins, if he's going to be sitting in a courtroom to whatever extent he is, then I think, especially like day one of that people will maybe tune in or like when a verdict is coming in, people Mm -hmm. will tune in. But these like little things along the way, I just don't, I mean, number one, it's summer and people are tuned out. I think when the elect, when it's happening concurrently with the election, There might be a lot more, like, of people paying attention. But and when there's something actually to, like, really put on your screen. But these, like, little in-between things, people don't care. And I do feel like just in general, all of the indictments kind of combine in people's minds to just be, like, Trump's legal troubles writ large.
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, too, because... His legal team has been so successful in like avoiding these buzz, like avoiding the mugshots, avoiding yeah. him sitting in court. Like he hasn't had to sit in court or do any of that. So yeah. it's just if seems every time like we got a mugshot
1: noise. and people knew that people would be tuning in for sure on the edge of their seat. Yeah, of course. But
4: his team is successful and they know what they're doing in avoiding the buzzy things that will get people to talk about it. I think that it just looks like it makes it feel like he's bulletproof, mm-hmm. you know, um because of all these little things. I do love indictment watch. It reminds <laughs> me of like I don't you know, clips of fucking one of the midterms i think it was the midterms in 2018 of like when they were tracking the caravans and they had a graph of like for the migrant caravans quote unquote from guatemala and they're like yeah. they're slowly coming they're slowly <laughs> coming even though it's like
1: literal children right. and they're yeah, like, walking it's like walking <laughs> like it's so fucking evil cnn last week was like oh look jack smith is eating a subway he's defiant it's like this is not news yeah, yeah, but we, you know, we all maybe just have to wait. We got to
4: start doing indictment watch on like yeah. making a graph of like little by little a timeline, yeah. or yeah. like maybe like, or maybe it is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how all the different movies converge into this big big event. I'm hoping <laughs> that that happens because it's like Ugh, this is yeah. just like an offshoot series, one division of Trump charges, and we need to get to the Infinity War, and those are for yes. the ten. 10- crossovers of up and Marvel fans <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> it really is like... a cinematic
1: universe this morning I was like should I make that as like social content and then I was like no it's August and very arcane <laughs> so I don't think so <laughs>
2: A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: All right, we will move on from Trump to women's rights and women's wrongs just breezing through our show today we have an appalling woman in the wrong today this is a really local story out of georgia i have an instinct to give a trigger warning before this because like the things that this woman says are so deeply racist and upsetting like she she doesn't technically say any um like epithets but it, it, it's pretty hard to hear so this happened in uh in the atlanta area area in a town called moro so atlanta area council member van Tran, she's Vietnamese, she's Vietnamese American and she's been in local government for four years. She has really been advocating for Spanish and Vietnamese voting ballots. The town is 30, 33% Asian and 22% Hispanic or Latino. So that's a really significant population and she wants to make sure she's serving them. She's been elected to represent her constituents. Her colleagues have repeatedly shot her down and they just insist that translators at the polling sites are adequate. One of her colleagues is a fellow council member named Dorothy Dean. She has accused Mm -hmm. Van Tran, a naturalized citizen who's lived in the U.S. for 17 years, of violating the oath she took to become a citizen by pursuing the un-American act of just advocating for Spanish and Vietnamese language ballots. Here's what she said. I'm going to read all of what this woman, Dorothy Dean, said uh, to to Van Tran in, in public, knowing that people could hear her. She said... This was, oh, this she was specifically referring to Tran trying to get signatures in support of her efforts at like a 4th of July celebration. She was like, hey, I have this this if you want to sign it. And this is how Dorothy Dean described that. This, Councilwoman Tran, was disturbing to me because you as an immigrant American took an oath of citizenship that is read and given to you in English, that language you swore your allegiance to be an elected official right here in this chamber. You swore and took an oath of allegiance to America in English. She continued, I'd like you to know that I feel, as a, as a citizen of this city and as a fellow council member, that you did not deserve to sit on that dais as an elected official. You have failed in your oath of office. You have failed at a, as a citizen of this country. You disregarded it, and you dishonored those oaths you took as an American citizen. I would like to say that is un-American and inexcusable. Shame on you, Van Tran. And as a reminder to reiterate what Van Tran has done... This, this un-American, like, this, this seditious travesty is, is advocate for ballots in two languages that her constituents speak, which is something that is very, very, very common. This just stuck out to me just because the the hatred, like, leaking through it and just that this woman was, like, she, she knew people could hear her say that extremely racist, like, diatribe. Am I crazy to be yeah. shocked by this?
3: I mean, it's I guess it's the thing that always shocks me more than the sentiment, because it doesn't shock me that people feel this way. That whole like speak English blah, mm-hmm. thing has, you know, people have been doing that forever. It always shocks me that people don't know not to couch it in weird <sighs> terms. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that always shocks me is that people don't know like, oh, you can't just say this anymore we've moved beyond saying this unfortunately we have not moved beyond people feeling this way but it doesn't that's just what always shocks me is like when people go all in all and just say the quiet part out loud as we've talked about it before you know
4: as you you have voted many times both of you in new york city And there's 18,000
0: languages
1: (laughs) on our ballots. And it really has no negative impact on anybody. It's not confusing. It's not, maybe it's a little expensive to get that added, but it's really not that it's not an a- issue and they have they have
4: translators like i have my one of my favorite things about voting i mean working as a polling booth is that there's this kid it was really cool i think he was 17 maybe 18 and he was working the polls and he was like this hispanic teen but his like job was officially translator mm-hmm. so he but he was like this doopy like 18 year old mm-hmm. so someone's like oh i only speak spanish and he's like oh um hola. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's and it's like, wow, this kid is like getting involved in civics. I don't know, but that's like Mm -hmm. a a whole thing. But in other parts of the world and in it, you know, Americans really laud Europe and it was like, Oh my God, look how fun it is to be European. Like in other parts of the world, it's just normal to speak multiple languages. That is an asset that is really important. It, It allows your brain like to have unlimited capacities and express yourself in all these different ways. So it's always disappointing or weird. And like for when people get so doubled down on like, you got to speak English in America. It's like, first of all, that's not in our pledge of allegiance. It's like that you're not fucking spying on the U S and give it, you know, but it doesn't no. mean you have to do it in English. And right. second of all, like there's nothing. It, it, it just shows like, That way of thinking is so, I hate to be like limited, but it's also just like other people speaking or getting translated different languages doesn't hurt you. Um, And it's just really, you would think that the, you know, Van Tran was literally fucking selling U.S. secrets to another
1: country. Exactly. That's what you would think if you just read Dorothy Dean's fucking diatribe. You
4: failed as a citizen
1: of this country.
4: Yeah. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And it's also like, it is this thing where people thought that the power they had over society was going to last their entire lifetimes. And it's slowly shifting into something two degrees more equitable and they are going crazy. And they're literally saying that they're, they're, they're being traitors and all this stuff when it's just like, I don't know, like you know, it's like for English press one. If you don't, you know what I mean, and you press the one and move on. You don't listen to the whole menu. Move on, Dorothy. And, yeah,
3: move on. Yeah, and it's also it's very funny because there's like a fundamental logical flaw, which is that she's trying to like come for this lady for like not being not knowing enough about the America that she pledged to, and da da da. But at the uh, like. The U.S. doesn't have an official language. That is the reason why things are provided in different languages. So it's actually this woman who is missing crucial information about the United States and its founding. And, like, there's a reason we don't have official languages. It's part of the makeup of this country as a melting pot that welcomes immigrants and has had different waves of immigrants. Like, I bet if you went back in this person's, history there are probably immigrants from germany who arrived and needed their documents in german mm-hmm. or italian or what freaking like gaelic like literally like yeah this is a, this, the reason that we don't have an official language is actually like core to the us's like supposed values so it's also very like ironic for her to be like scolding this person for actually upholding a constitutional value that the United States has while trying to say that she's not like a good enough American.
1: Right. Like odds Dorothy Dean passes the citizenship test are, are zero or are approximately, Quite low. approximately Quite zero. Quite low. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, the people in this community were not having this and many of them have rallied to support Van Tran. I'm sure this could result in her actually getting the ballots. It's also just like people should be able to get ballots in whatever language. It's like, you're you're really, you really don't want them in Spanish? Like, what are you fucking, t- you know, how many people get, how did, get the ballots in Spanish? This is what I fucking,
4: this is the one thing that fucking bothers me, is that people like Dorothy are the first fucking people to vacation in Mexico or to <laughs> yeah. go to this thing or to go to that thing. And, she loves Taco um, Tuesday. This is what I'm saying. When I came back from Cancun, you know how some airplanes have like, cable new like cable mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. them and you can watch and and there is like a few people who are watching Fox News and I'm like if you're that addicted to Fox News you can't go on a three-hour uh-huh.
1: flight without watching it don't go to fucking Mexico watching on Fox News like chaos at the border it's like you know what you don't you know they're full of shit because you're happy to, uh, yeah, to exactly. take your passport and and enjoy the local economy yeah These are the,
4: yeah, these are the people that enjoy the fruits, literally the fruits of immigrant labor. They, a lot of undocumented is picking fruits and like, it's just like part of your beneficial point of society is because of all these people making sacrifices to be here. So let's accommodate Mm -hmm. them and make life a little bit easier for them. It's just, yeah.
1: Fuck, Dorothy. Well, fuck right off Dorothy yeah. and I hope that I hope that Van Tran is successful and Dorothy Dean gets voted out on all of those Spanish and Vietnamese language ballots.
2: of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homeshef.com slash feverdream. That's homeshef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash feverdream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: Next up today are men okay. Not me
0: goat's milk latte drinking.
1: m ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is Avaca- unappealing.
0: Avocado toast eating insiders elite. That
1: does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. This segment is flush as usual. We will start today with Representative Derek Van Orden. This is a Republican from Wisconsin and he is absolutely not okay. And he is taking it out on teenagers. This congressman, was widely condemned over the weekend for cursing out a group of high school age Senate pages. He said, we're defiling the Capitol rotunda. This man just to, just to acknowledge this is a Republican. This man is a Republican. I, I, I don't know what he said about the insurrection, but it's just like, if you have an R next to your name, bro, and you weren't in this co- Congress to, to vote on the second impeachment, like ju- you can't say shit about defiling yeah. defiling the Capitol. So this was in the evening. No. Here's what happened. It was in the evening and Representative Van Orden was also, while this was happening, was hosting separately, separate event, hosting constituents for a beer and cheese event at his Capitol office. There's yeah. a picture of this event and and the trash is overflowing with beer. Fine, whatever. You had a nice I didn't know you could do that with your constituents at the Capitol, but fine. According to NBC, the Senate pages were celebrating their last week and they were taking advantage of the newly empty Capitol in what sounds like a fairly harmless way. They were lying down on the floor to take pictures of the Capitol dome. I saw some people posting what this looks like. It's pretty cool. If it were my last day as a Senate page, I want to do that too. And this this incensed Mr. Van Orden. <laughs> He's a former Navy SEAL who confronted them in what's been described by multiple sources as a physically aggressive manner while yelling and screaming. These are 16- and 17-year-olds. He approached and said, Wake the fuck up, you little shits. What the fuck are you all doing? Get the fuck out of here. You are defiling the place. He called the group pieces of shit multiple times, and he also yelled, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm a congressman. My name's Derek Van Orden, and I represent the 3rd District of Wisconsin. Boom. Get him. A witness said that the, that the group of teenagers was visibly shaken and like enough people saw this that there have been so many people saying this was not acceptable, speaking out against it. A spokesperson from Van Orden's saw. So this is how this man justifies getting so upset. He said, the Capitol Rotunda served as a field hospital where countless Union shol- soldiers died fighting oh to free men in the Civil War. Oh, I have God. long said our nation's capital is a symbol of the sacrifice of our servicemen and women have made for this country and should never be treated like a frat house. Common room said the man whose trash is overflowing with beer cans from the political party that incentivized a seditious insurrection on this very, on this very building. This man, not okay.
3: I do feel like this sounds like someone who had a little bit too much to drink and just like went off on a bunch of kids. And, I don't know. There's something so pathetic to me about adults who lose their minds at teenagers. Like, have I been annoyed at teenagers in a public setting A 100%? But it's truly and deeply embarrassing as an adult to actually lose control because of some kids who are like taking selfies. Mm -hmm. And the whole story, it just reminded me of like what I kept picturing was there was a time when I was in my middle school production of Bye Bye Birdie <laughs> and, and me and my friend were like goofing around backstage or whatever. We were being rowdy as kids who are in their middle school production of Bye Bye Birdie will be. And there was this one parent who just went nuts on us like really went off she didn't curse at us but she was like it became a an incident in (laughs) the theater like yes because she went so she went so far it was inappropriate yeah yeah that it was just totally inappropriate for like two kids who are, like, goofing around backstage during a dress rehearsal of Bye Bye Birdie, like, the level (laughs) of anger that that should be able to cause in an adult is really quite low, especially (laughs) if you're just a parent volunteer. She wasn't even, like, the, The like, the teacher who actually is invested in the production of Bye Bye Birdie. And it became this, like, huge thing where, like, a bunch of other parents saw it and were freaked out by how much how angry she had gotten. And then, like, I got pulled out of class the next day so that they could, like, talk to me about it and be like, do you feel okay about this person? And I kind of had to be like, I mean, I don't want to be, like, around her. Yeah, of course. Ever again. And then, like, it also became even further a thing where then she wasn't allowed to, like, volunteer for the show anymore. And, like, her daughter was... If you're familiar with Bye Bye Birdie, her daughter was playing like the, cra- like the mom of whatever. There's this overbearing mother character, which is who her daughter oh, was no. playing, which is kind of <laughs> ironic in a way. And she was only allowed to come to one of the performances because a bunch of the parents were like this woman's psycho,
4: basically. Yeah, yeah. You can't co- yeah what the fuck?
3: No, you can't go nuts on a group of kids is the bottom line. And I remember... I feel like when you are a teenager or even in middle school, you feel like you're more adult than you are. So Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're on the receiving end of that stuff, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm like parlaying with another adult. I'm an adult and they're an adult. And I guess we're screaming, you're a piece of shit at each other. Right. But when you're like an adult on the outside watching, you realize like, no, it's completely nuts for you to lose your mind on a group of kids who are doing basic kid stuff. And that's just what reading about this incident really brought up. Yeah. Me. Was that lady <laughs> well, I was, from yeah. Bye bye Bernie? Well, well, <laughs>
1: you have what these really of an adult like unappropriately screaming at you after we answer your first question.
4: <laughs> well my first question are are birds invertebrate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye bye Bernie. No, I guess for me, it's also like that the spokes like the spokesperson or like the oh. official statement was like Served as a field hospital for union People died so on that floor. Free, People have died on also every floor. like, Do you think a Republican in Wisconsin is like pro the union and pro civil war? Like we all know what the fuck happens in Wisconsin local government. Like, fuck you. Like they had a very close election with some, you know, local state courts and shit where they're trying to like superly ban abortion. And I don't know. I'm just like. The fact that he pulled out the Union and Civil War is just, like, gross. The response is Um, so
1: funny to me. Like... Like, you can just see, like, what can we do? What can we reach for? Is there anything here? And he was like, oh, yeah, he felt like, okay, okay. as a fucking Republican, I would love you to be as upset of the bloodshed in fucking elementary schools and maybe do something about that other than getting wasted at beer and cheese night and calling 16 year olds pieces of shit. That would (laughs) I was a sensitive I remain a sensitive person. That would that would be very upsetting to me. That would that would stick to me with me. Angry men yelling at you is not okay, is not okay, and it sticks not with okay. you.
4: Not okay, but I was gonna say no, no Jonah Hill, but to get a little therapy, speak on mm-hmm. me. Um, this is clearly somebody with dysregulated emotions. Like <laughs> clearly, they can't, they don't have the capacity to process anger in a healthy way, and also displaced anger. It's just like it's the same as like a kid who's like, you know, dad has a tough time at work. Comes home, yells at mom. Mom yells at mm-hmm. kid. Kid hits the dog. You know what I mean? It's the same thing of like you're not happy with your place in society, so you're gonna take it out on like helpless people. You could. He has a position of power. He is the the congressman. He could say, "Hey guys, can you get up from the floor?" And that's it. There's no yeah. need for all of this. And that's the thing is like find their handler. Be like, this isn't
1: cool. And hey, move on. Yeah. Can you
4: tell him to get up from the floor. Like whatever. Which but you know, whether it's, whether it's cool or not, like if you really want to be an asshole about it, you can, you can say quietly, you know? And like, that's like, this is more an indictment on him than it is the high schoolers. Just like it is that parent of like, there's no need for you to like cuss some kids out and yell at them and embarrass them and humiliate them. Like you're not a safe person. You're not someone who's in control of your emotions. And like, it could be the wrong teen where you, the kid's like, fuck you. Imagine if one of those kids rightfully said, fuck you to them. He would right? like, it could have gotten physical. And
1: it's just like, yeah. there's just no need. Yeah, that's you could have to, told like, those we talk, kids, Yeah. If you're yeah. 16 and you're volunteering. Congress, like the power dynamic is so messed up. Yeah. And also
4: like just point blank. If you're 16, 17 and you're, you're spending your summer like volunteering for Congress You're a fucking nerd. And like a congressman saying like the slightest thing to you would really affect you anyway. So it's not Mm -hmm. like these are like rebellious teens that are gonna like take back the power. These are kids who've been like scanning your shit all year. Like just give them a break. And maybe
1: should care who they are because some of them are probably related to wealthy donors that keep his party in entrenched yeah. in power but yeah crazy we haven't to my knowledge we have not seen like an actual apology from him just this like no. oh it made me it triggered me because people died on that floor okay so. yeah it reminds
4: me of um the senator who uh called aoc a fucking cunt or whatever mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just like yeah he's never gonna apologize either
3: and again it like it's just i mean we've pointed out like all the different ways that it's hypocritical but it's like so number one i i I personally I don't know again what this man's feelings about January sixth are, but I don't see you swearing up and down like go, I don't see no. this level of rage from you about that. And number two, like I don't see this level of rage from you about like the fact that there used to be Confederate statues in the Capitol. Like, rota- like, mm-hmm, like,
1: mm-hmm. you're not yeah. actually
3: mad about the things that you're pretending to be mad about, sir. You were drunk, and you had too much cheese, and you yelled at a bunch of kids. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like- also, beer and cheese event in w- is Wisconsin it's the most crazy in <laughs> That has, his parts have to be brutal. crazy. That's
1: probably what he was really pissed off about, and he went out to get some fresh air. And he was like, Hot "These farts. kids on the floors." Mm-hmm. Derek Van Orden. His I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now, and it is mostly about this incident. So that's nice.
4: <laughs> yeah. Somebody
1: made sure to update it.
4: He'll edit it like that other politician. Yeah,
1: and then he'll get banned too.
0: When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy.
1: We have some more uh, quick behind-the-scenes color from the delightful workplace that is the House of Representatives. So I guess uh, Eric Swalwell called Kevin McCarthy a pussy.
2: <laughs> this yes. has been
1: reported by the Daily Beast, which talked to several other members of Congress, and this was also reported by HuffPost. So this, this happened. Um, last month, when House Republicans voted to center Adam Schiff, we talked about it on the podcast, Eric Swalwell was, I guess, standing next to Kevin McCarthy on the dais. And if you watch C-SPAN, you could hear him saying, basically, this is pathetic. You're a weak man. The next day, the two had a confrontation outside of a bathroom where Kevin McCarthy said something along the lines of, to Eric Swalwell, if you ever say something like that to me again, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Quoting a lot of a lot of upsetting stuff today. When Swalwell, then Swalwell, I guess it was kind of like a little tense moment, like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's go for it. And McCarthy said, call me a pussy again and I'll kick your ass. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this tale. And then apparently the Daily Beast that said, I'm going to quote from the Daily Beast, to this Swalwell offered... A wonderfully mature response. You are a pussy, and that's just very uh, plainly stated. <laughs> These are two adult men who have been elected to represent their country. They're both from California. Men in Congress are going through it, and they're simply not—they're simply not okay. The Kens are not okay.
3: No, the Kendam is not. Uh, <laughs> You're not. The, the Mojo jo- Dojo Casa houses are falling down on themselves. I mean, again, it's like literally if. If in the offices of Betches Media LLC, you walked up to another employee and said, I'm going to kick your ass. You are a (laughs) pussy. Right. I think and it was a sketch. Like, <laughs> yeah. you 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 would be fired from from there the company. There would be an email sent
1: very quickly. We do not tolerate that here. The situation's been handled. Also, if I were drunk yelling at 16-year-old interns, I don't think that would be acceptable calling them pieces no,
3: of shit. No, if you I, if you called someone in a piece of shit, like it was not <laughs> These are all things that would not be tolerated at the, like, social media company where we work, but for because it's Congress, that's
1: allowed. You are a pussy, you're a bitch, yeah. yelling at kids. It's wild well, in there.
4: Well, also, like, not to be that person, but, like... When the fuck did Kevin McCarthy decide to have a vertebrae? because <laughs> <laughs> i was I'm old enough to remember seven months ago when this motherfucker, Had to get had to apply to his job fifteen times.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't saying to Matt Gates, "If you ever say something like that to me again, I'm going to kick the shit out of you." No, that's a reserve. He
4: he did like approach Matt Gates, but 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 it wasn't it wasn't like this spicy. No, so I don't know why he got all this energy for Eric Swalwell, but don't have anything for Beavis and Butthead's Butthead uh, Matt Gates. Just imagine like
1: being a at work at the Capitol and just overhearing some like kerfuffle in the men's bathrooms. i am be like, Oh yeah, it's just Eric Swalwell and Kevin McCarthy getting into it.
4: But also funny that you're a pussy.
1: Yeah. I don't (laughs) mind this from Swalwell. This is how he is.
3: I do feel like Swalwell is one of the people that for some reason really incenses them. It's like, because he worked on, some of the impeachment trials or whatever they have, they have a level of ire and rage towards Eric Swalwell. that It's because he
4: looks Republican, but he does not.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're mad that he's, not, he's stolen ballots. He's,
4: <laughs> he's cosplaying as a Republican, but he's I not. I also think,
3: like, because he is younger, like, he'll, you know, he obviously plays yeah. ball with it because he did say, you're a pussy. But
4: <laughs> yeah, of course.
3: <laughs> but it is just funny that, like, uh, I think he looms large in the House Republicans' minds For in sure. a way that uh, is outsized to what we would think
1: would be the case. Yeah, I think they're scared of him because they're like he doesn't really care. I mean, he does care. He's his team is very thoughtful about what he says, but like I think that they think that Democrats want to maintain a certain like reputation externally, and yes. they'll kind of. They'll only take their criticism of Republicans so far. And Eric Swalwell and some others are like, no, I'm going to say very plainly, he's in a very safe district, probably not running for president immediately. So he just, he'll, he'll say it. He'll go as far. He's not doing the the Joe Biden like, oh, I hope we can work together. He'll, he'll say it. And Republicans are like, he's really um, telling on them in every single thing he says. And like, like, I think the reason Kevin McCarthy got so pissed hearing you're pathetic is because Kevin McCarthy knows he's pathetic. Because
4: yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that's ex- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like the older guard, the older establishment Dems, um, even Hakeem Jeff, like they mm-hmm. won't oh, stand yeah. up and say like you suck or like they'll still try to play ball and kiki and like back in my day we could all get a beer together. Like Joe Biden would never do this.
0: Um, exactly. Oh, my he God. He might
4: have, like, especially to the, to the I'm face. I'm laughing thinking
3: about it. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden to calling face. someone a pussy.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, he might, like, imply something in a press conference and very safe. But he would never be, like, look at someone in the eye, lock eyes with them, and be, like, you are a weak, pathetic Because Joe man. Biden
1: is a healed man. Joe Biden, well, I feel, <laughs> in some senses, more healed than some of these guys. Well, I don't think, I, I think that you are a
4: pussy is not giving a healed man, but to look someone in the eye and like actually call them on their shit in the, like, I think that McCarthy well, it's interesting because this.
1: Yeah. Well, McCarthy said, Swallow didn't originally call him a pussy. He was just like, he said that you're a pathetic thing. And then the way Kevin McCarthy was clearly projecting, you pointed out, because he was like, don't call me a pussy. And then Swallow was like, well. You're you you're right. That is what well, I called you. You're a pussy.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, say it again, and I'll you know it, 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 right. it. It's giving middle school, but it's but it's yeah. also like
3: it's giving backstage at Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> Things are getting heated.
4: <laughs> yes, so exactly. Like, but the thing is, like the the old guard would never even look someone in the eye and say you're being pathetic or call a spade a spade because they're so obsessed with working together with the Republicans. But the thing is, although I never I don't agree with like people calling pussies and like almost getting into fights, it is also like we say all the time, you can't you can't really enforce the rules on yourself with people who have no regard for the rules. So, Absolutely. I feel yeah. like Eric Swalwell's fucking playing their shit or calling mm-hmm. at least calling a spade a spade. He's not even trying to do like the crooked fucked up shit that Republicans state love doing and Mm-hmm. kevin mccarthy got pissed but it's yeah. also like he still didn't do anything no I, yeah, he just know, was, caught. Is, he was, was caught this was on c-span i'd watch
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> eric swalwell versus kevin mccarthy exactly Why? actor strike let's fire up that fire up that c-span move to our Barbie discussion because I did promise it like four times, so I don't want to run out of time. Uh, So like we said, the movie's been out for two weeks now. The three of us have seen it. Our listeners probably have too. Um, so yeah, thoughts, feelings. Millie, you loved it. Were there like any moments that – what was your favorite part of it, Elise?
3: Ooh, my favorite part, Um, you know, honestly, I'm going to go big on it. I, I really mm. thought it was so funny, like laugh out loud yeah, and funny, but for me as – someone in the entertainment industry. I loved that they made the choice to go all practical with the sets. Yes. There was so minimal like CGI and I feel like there's a version of this movie that is just like a pink computer void. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that they didn't do that, even in that opening sequence where like the Margot Robbie doll comes in and the little Mm -hmm. girls are like touching its legs, they made a mold of Margot Robbie's legs and built it to scale so that those little girls were touching something real. And, like, I think that that adds so, so, so much to a film to do things practically like that. It just, like... And, like, I watched an architectural digest with the people who built it, and they talked about how they made everything to scale with, like, real Barbie dream houses where, like, in a real Barbie dream house, your Barbie is a little bit too big for the dream house, for the car, everything's like a little like it's not exactly proportionate mm. because you, you have to like if the Barbie dream house was exactly proportionate, it would be enormous. So they, it's a little smaller than her actual thing. I loved just like the scene on the beach where they pull in the little hospital set and it folds out because a lot of I had like that was a my fold out yeah. house for her. So it's just like those little details. I really I, I just loved it so much.
4: Mm hmm um i loved all the outfits yeah. yes <laughs> i loved all i want all of them like i just love the embrace of femininity you know me if i could live in barbie dreamland i would like where every night's girls night yes and the guys are like just absolutely there um i love like there is just so much attention to detail, like the amount of TVs when Kens take over, <laughs> the amount of yes. flat screen TVs showing horses. Like I, I, like there must have been forty TVs in like that one scene, and it's just like so true. If you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, that's exactly yeah. the amount of TVs that they have. The, the the details are just so great, and I just love like there's a lot of criticism about like, is it really making a state about feminism or is it really making a state yeah. about p- a patriarchy? Cause it's a corporation. I'm like, it did what it was, it had to do, like what its capacity, like it, yes, pushed it. Exactly. and it's also like giving an introduction to these, you know, concepts that maybe a lot of people and especially young girls, like wouldn't grasp. And it's using, I just love like as a comedian and as like, a creator, I love the idea of something so feminine and so girly being Mm -hmm. also satirical. Like, that is why I really enjoyed Josie and the Pussycats. Like, that's why I enjoyed Spice World is another one. Clueless. Clueless, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I constantly talk about. Drop Dead Gorgeous again. Yeah, like, taking you know, femininity and femi- feminine concepts and amazing actresses and, and using this like as a vehicle for satire. It's like satire and like heady intellectual jokes aren't necessarily just for men. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's right, just... Yeah. Some,
4: and I loved like the intersectionality of the cast, which is... Yeah. Was, was really like... That was really well done. refreshing. Yeah. My it.
1: favorite... It sounds like our favorite parts were like... Th- th- I loved all of it. The parts where I sort of was like, huh, was when... Like it was just trying to – there were some points where it was like – it was really good at show – like I always say like show don't tell when it comes to making creative stuff if you have a message mm-hmm. and there were some parts where that were very telly and I could tell that was probably like a studio note. Like the parts about like being a mo- – like the line about like our mothers stand still so we, I was like I have no idea what that what that means but that was like easy to get past. I feel like those were just like – the moments where it was just, like, simply existing and making making a statement through through what you were looking at and through what the characters were saying and the expressions on their faces were uh, were my favorites. I was like, the Will character, the Will Ferrell character, I was like, well, this is, is he the same in every movie? But I can see why, like, I kept thinking that this is the most overtly feminist thing that the most people have ever seen. And that's really incredible to me. Like, some of the, some yeah. of the references to us are a little, you know, women's studies 101 but to a million tens maybe hundreds of millions of people that's like oh wow like the patriarchy like some uh, oh yeah that is that is weird that men get to live like that like we take it for granted but to see like some of the laughs where i saw it were like that was the first like people were laughing because it was like the relief of the first time somebody really like making a joke about men being less adequate in a lot of like a lot of scenarios and i just i told mike like i'm coming away from i'm like men are just kens they're just kens Mm.
3: (laughs) well they're alan too
1: there, and uh, they're uh, they're, and they're and Alan feminist hero, Alan. Alan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. The patriarchy makes them cans, but there are Alans out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is our show. Please remember to rate and review if you love it. It really helps us out and helps more people find it. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Ramirez, And this is the Better Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca sous Editing by Rebecca sous Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod
2: at Betches.com. Betches.